0: Greetings, relatives. My name is Melissa Nelson, and I'm your host and gardener of the Native Seed Podcast. Welcome to the Native Seed Pod, a podcast aimed at celebrating the diversity and beauty of native seeds, soils, and indigenous foods. I'm so grateful for the afternoon I spent with Simon Ortiz, the acclaimed writer, poet, professor, activist. We had a lovely time talking about his life, food, culture, knowledge. It was so inspiring to be with someone whose first language was their native language. It's so rare these days that someone actually grew up speaking their first tongue of their ancestors. For him, the Akama language. English is the second language. Simon is such an extraordinary poet and storyteller, and he shares many different interlocking and circular stories of his life's work and what he's doing today, continuing to write. To start us off, I want to share one of his poems, to remind us of the depth of his knowledge and connection to his ancestral ways this poem is called culture and the universe two nights ago in the canyon darkness only the half moon and stars only mere men prayer faith love existence we are measured by vastness beyond ourselves dark is light Stone is rising. I don't know if humankind understands culture. The act of being human is not easy knowledge. With painted wooden sticks and feathers, we journey into the canyon towards stone, a massive presence in midwinter. We stop, lean into me, The universe sings in quiet meditation. We are wordless. I am in you. Without knowing why, culture needs our knowledge. We are one self in the canyon. And the stone wall I lean upon spins me, wordless and silent, to the reach of stars and to the heavens within. It's not humankind, after all, nor is it culture that limits us. It is the vastness we do not enter. It is the stars we do not let own us. Well, welcome Simon Ortiz to the Native Seed Pod. It is such an honor to sit with you today on this beautiful sunny well, thank day. You. Thank, thank you. Thank
1: you. I, um, I welcome this uh, chance or opportunity to, s- to talk with you.
0: Excellent. And you really don't need any introduction with our audience as you are an acclaimed poet, educator, writer. Activists have been doing it for decades um, from your strong Akama tradition and literary works. Um, but if there's anything you'd like to share in terms of introducing yourself maybe in your own language or in your own way, um, I would welcome that.
1: Making use of voice. Your voice is more than just sound of one person or the sound that my mouth and my vocal cords make. You know, voice is really <clears throat> What we all share, you know, the voice to hear each other, voice to inform each other and commune with each other, to negotiate or argue with or argue against. And voice is what we all need. So thank you for having me be with this podcast.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Well, the Native Seed Pod is really about seeds and food sovereignty, but it's really about the larger issue of how do we live sustainably with Mother Earth, and how do we, again, reawaken our resilience and our connection to Mother Earth. And that's something you've written about in our new book on traditional ecological knowledge, where you outline indigenous sustainability from an Akama perspective. If you could share some about that and um, how that really contributes also to the concept of food sovereignty mm-hmm. and what those two mean to you, Simon.
1: All right. All right. I think people are uh, <clears throat> aware of themselves as, as individual or personal selves, but uh, communally or with the rest of their community, with their family, family. Uh, other families' relationship with each other, and and beyond that, you know, other cultural connections. You know, whether you're uh, a particular tribe, like I am, Mesh, I'm an akama person, um, but next door to us is the Laguna Pueblo, and they are Kawai They are of the uh, Laguna. People Kaweika means lake, so Kawaika uh, relates to that lake of or with the lake, you know. So, and of course they call us Agumetitra, you know, people of Akama, and so, so the relationships, you know, and of course uh, the connections are uh, uh, many ways, you know, many faceted, and we we. Depend or rely upon those connections, and of course, develop and uh, uh, invent or make new ones, you know, uh, as time goes along.
0: Absolutely, and you come from that beautiful high desert uh, landscape, and to be sustainable there with very little water, and to feed yourself, and to you know, sustain your rich culture for thousands of years, it's it's quite a feat and something I think modern humans really need to relearn to that kind of local self-sufficiency and sustainability that your people have had in the, the desert southwest region. Uh, can you comment on, you know, any particular practices of that that you grew up with, whether it was farming or hunting or fishing or just... Some of the the food sovereignty that your people practice.
1: Mm-hmm. Culture is knowledge. Knowledge is the basic element, uh, elemental resource that we have in conducting our lives. You know, uh, personally or individually, but also within the with, with community on behalf of community. Uh, we need knowledge, you know, we need knowledge that applies to us particularly. But knowledge is not just particular or singly or just with us in a narrow sense. Knowledge is with us in terms of other people, in terms of other communities, in other pueblos, you know uh, Pueblo is a Spanish word which we use. Uh, even though we are not Spanish uh, originated but Pueblo means community or group or uh, village or society of uh, of people. So w- we need each other's knowledge of one another. Uh, we know uh, how to help people. We know how not only to help ourselves but to help others. Mm,
0: that's so important.
1: So that's Really I think I would say uh, necessary in order to practice and have uh, sovereignty, a sense of ourselves and a sense of being useful and beneficial uh, and positive uh, about ourselves.
0: Mm, Beautiful. And so um, you now live in Arizona, not far from your homeland, and you've been a professor uh, for many years, and you're retired now and working on other poetry. And uh, Tell us a little bit about your current work as a poet and a writer yeah. as it always relates to your land and, and your language. Uh,
1: yes, I, uh, I've been a professor for a number of years Uh, Gladly not uh, for so many years that I forget everything else. But uh, I've been fortunate enough to be within the teaching profession at the college or universities uh, for numbers of years. But uh, I think that uh, because I'm a poet and I'm also a uh, uh, writer, uh, storyteller, and I, I hope that uh, my impact upon the world uh, and in all its communities of people, and also communities that are more than just people, but uh, uh, plant life, the, uh, the animal, yeah, whatever the insects and uh, everything, you know because, when I talk about knowledge earlier, you know, I mean the knowledge that comes from that part of the world. You know, is also helpful and useful for us to know and uh, to work with that knowledge, so that uh, things are uh, because things are workable and we benefit from the dynamic of working or interworkings uh, that all these things. Uh, uh a cause or uh, an act. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when uh, when I think of myself as a pr- uh, professor, you know, it, that doesn't mean that I know a lot necessarily, but that uh, uh, it's been helpful to me as a uh, person, you know uh, that uh, as an Akama person, uh, a tribal person, I I extend the world of my being a tribal person into the larger and, uh, I think, more fuller world.
0: Wonderful. Yes. And um, so getting back to uh, food a little bit, What are some of your first memories, Simon, of of eating or of food or of planting, if you were involved with any of that as a child?
1: (laughs) Probably eating.
0: (laughs) Yes. What was your favorite? (laughs) What was your favorite?
1: Food is uh, uh, essential. And food is uh, nourishment. And food is uh, tasty and delicious and food is really, of course, uh, what we need, you know, need physically. We gain nourishment from milk uh, that our mothers provide us, and we uh, are, uh, uh, you know, getting food from her, from her body, and we taste that milk. And we are thrive on that milk, the nourishment, you know, that, that we have. Or the same with water, you know, water, uh, tsetzi, you know, in the Akama language. And uh, uh, we become very familiar with that. You know, the taste and the, the feel, uh, is the sensation of it, and then also is value, value to us, you know. Uh, like um, uh, if you say it in the Akama language, you say, Chope, tua Anyo, you know, they, they eat this, this is uh, delicious. Being encouraged encouraged by your mother or grandmother or other family members to eat, you know, and you will mm-hmm. gain nourishment from it, you know, you're encouraged, you know. Not just yourself, uh, uh, you know, but, but say if you offer it to others, you know. I, uh, uh, I remember, uh, Uh, My younger, uh, later on, of course, uh, my younger uh, nephews and nieces, when they were babies, and, you know, uh, you maybe wanted to feed them, you know, give them a tortilla or soup or uh, whatever, an apple or something, Uh, and uh, you encourage others to eat, you know, and, of course, You know, it's good for them and it's good for you and uh, food is good. then, of course, you know, in the same way, I think that uh, other things come in in a cultural way. You know, like uh, uh, when you are offered food, you accept it. Or uh, you feel uh, thankful, you know, and you feel thankful for... Uh, being provided that food, you know. Like, uh, uh, I grew up, of course, uh, as uh, culture would have it, the Pueblo people as uh, very uh, uh, much into farming, you know, taking care of land in a way so that uh, you are realizing and uh, gaining uh, nourishment from what you do. Uh, uh grow corn, you know, or uh, pumpkins or uh, beans, you know, things that are very basic to the uh, Pueblo uh, indigenous people's uh, diet, you know. And so we uh, thrive on what we what we grow. And so there's that connection, you know, it's uh, both a physical one, You know where you gain uh, food, energy from it, but you also have a kind of the spiritual, uh, 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 you could say, philosophical link to the corn that you grow. You know the beans that you grow and uh, the plants. You know not just that you grow, but that you are provided. You know I like Tashamo. there's a plant that's real flat. It grows only about that tall, but it spreads, you know. And in the spring, about oh, late March or so, uh, and early April, you know, the, the the plants will sprout and begin to uh, uh, to grow. They don't grow very, you know, maybe the largest just an area maybe about three handfuls a plant and and they're good you know they're green you can eat them fresh or you can eat them uh, with uh, other foods you know my mother used to make uh, uh, rabbit uh, stew uh, and uh, cornmeal and uh, put the uh fresh greens. Yeah, yeah you know mm-hmm. the, that herb, you know, uh, vegetation that we gathered out in the uh just across the land here and there. And they you know, it's very tasty. It's uh coranto, cor- coriander, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, coriander or cilantro. cilantro. In Spanish, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh and uh it's 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 nourishing and it's uh probably got vitamins and all that, you know. So y- you have a connection that's uh, earth-related, uh, you know, you came from the earth and it comes from the earth and it's uh, good for you and it tastes good and it's nourishing. Yeah. Or even with the rabbit, you know, with the rabbit itself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it comes uh, from the bushes and the uh, home and burrows that it makes in the, in the land, you know, across the desert where you, where you grew up, you know. And of course, you know, the higher foods, whether it's um, uh, farmed, you know, like uh, corn is. And, and as we know, corn evolved and was developed in the Americas. And so it's a very much a natural native element. So there's a both a spiritual and a material or physical and one-to-one relationship with food that... Uh, I grew up with, and then there are like uh, offerings that are made. Corn, you know, the cornmeal. You know, cornmeal is when it's ground up kernels, white kernels or other colors. Usually, it's white. You know, cornmeal It's used as a prayer uh, prayer element. You know, and uh, it's like uh, uh, an offering you know that you give the the offering is also of course complimentary Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's an offering that is given to you by the creative spirits the fathers and mothers but it's also from you yourself as a uh, uh, as a human being as a child or a grown up or an elder or whoever you may be you know Mm -hmm. and so it's a It's an act of uh, interchange, you know, when you use uh, food spiritually, you know, and so I think that uh, most ceremonies involve some kind of food exchange, you know, not just between and among people, but with with the creator spirits, you know, uh, whatever form that they have, you know, and. uh, and and you know when you walk about in the in land like here in Northern California, you know this this land is like I was telling you a while ago, I was speaking with a couple of uh, people who work here and lived around here, and I said, well, the people here, indigenous people here, uh, whether they were Miwok or Yurok uh, or whoever, which or Ohlone or uh, whoever the indigenous peoples were. They saw all this plant life, and uh, I said that the California, you know, used to be one of the more populated uh, places in the Americas, you know, and in the world because of the food sources that there were. And it's not just material, but spiritual uh, interaction, interchange, that relationships that we have, but. Um, Uh, not just we as human people, but they have with us.
0: The abundance of food here, like you said, in California pre-contact was so rich, so rich, and yet the early settlers didn't see it as food or farming or agriculture because they thought that it was too wild. They didn't Mm -hmm. realize that the native peoples here had a very complex and sophisticated relationship yeah. with it. And they saw them as more wild or more primitive or more heathen than you know, even your people because when they got to the, the Pueblos, your communities, they saw farming that they could kind of relate to, even though it wasn't in rows, it was in mm-hmm. mounds or waffle gardens or other things, sure. but they could kind of recognize it as European farming. And then you also had you know adobe homes you had fully multi-roomed homes with you know underground and above ground and they could recognize your homes as more homes whereas here the climate is so mild they could just have temporary homes they made out of you know redwood or bark and um uh tule reeds and uh willow and they didn't need large complex homes like you created in Mm -hmm. your land so it's very interesting how the perception of that relationship is so different um, based on your geography um, in the desert versus in an abundant place where they didn't have to modify the land as much to get what they needed and have that spiritual and and, uh, cultural and physical nourishment. The Native Seed Pod is produced by the Cultural Conservancy with generous support by Tamil Pious Trust. To contribute to our polyculture and to find out more information, please visit us at nativeseedpod.org or nativeland.org.
1: Well, I live in Phoenix now, the Phoenix Valley. Uh, and that, before there was a city called Phoenix, which is one of the bigger cities in the U.S. Uh, growing towards seven million. Uh, it's about six and a half million now. And the, there's so much pop, pop, population, modern population. But before that, you know, this was the home of the uh, uh, the Ootan people, you know, the uh, people that sometimes are still called Papagos and Pimas, you know. Uh, the, because they know themselves by their their real name, the Ootam. Whether it's uh, Tohono Ootam or uh, uh, others, you know, uh, and and they lived, you know, they cultivated the desert. I mean, the desert. They will say irrigation system. There's a water system provided by uh, two rivers, you know, the Healer uh, uh, River and the Salt Salt River, and they were. Able to uh, uh, see how uh, they would build their s- uh, societies, their civilized uh, uh, and well thought-out, uh, planned uh, communities that uh, were self-sufficient, were uh, 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 were healthy, were uh, thriving communities before the uh, you know first Spanish, uh, first Europeans came. From the south, or from Europe to the Americas, and then uh, north from Mexico, uh, and so the land was, you know, yeah, dry and arid, uh, perhaps like it is now, but still it was very supportive, you know, the desert vegetation. Because there's as much vegetation. Uh, that one can uh, uh, find, that one can uh, help evolve, that one can uh, uh, change, you know, their ways of thinking and the ways of behavior and ways of managing uh, and direction, or uh, and so that. Uh, you are interfacing in a uh, uh, productive and mm-hmm. flourishing, and
0: flourishing, yes, s-
1: uh, sustainable way, you know, and uh, and this was, of course, what took place, uh, and uh, still is taking place, you know, not as much as it should be, but uh, uh, it is taking place, I would say, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in 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 terms of the present day communities and societies that the indigenous people have you know and of course they live right on the boundaries and outskirts of uh edges of the phoenix modernistic uh Cityscape. technological uh <laughs> digitalized uh societies that most america has, is
0: That's right. That's such an important point that, you know, indigenous people are everywhere, and yet they're still kind of invisible. I mean, there in modern urban Phoenix, there's very sophisticated um, local uh, O'odham people who are still actively involved with their relationship with their land.
1: And this is what I think can be very, very helpful in realizing and uh, helping to... uh, uh and managing to help the present day society which is sometimes very uh, much into its own kind of uh, economic and uh, technological um, uh, what a progress you know or uh, achievements uh, and I think about uh, that, that that the communities of uh, the tribal communities are right in Phoenix, you know, the uh, uh, the Gila River, you know, uh, and the uh, the Salt River people, and then the people just uh, to the north at Fort McDowell, you know, which are uh, uh, related to California uh, communities, you know, but. Uh, the Iiawapais uh, and the Wallapais, and uh, I mean, they're more like towards Prescott. But there's uh, in North Phoenix, you know, there's the uh, uh, people that are related uh, to people in Prescott, and they are part of the bird,
0: bird singers, uh, bird
1: mm-hmm. ceremonies, uh, songs, you know, and, and they're related to people in Southern California. You know, and the deserts, deserts, uh, and arid lands, uh, peoples, how they can be much more effectively useful and helpful, you know, to the development that Phoenix and other cities are. And one of my students, uh, uh, who's non uh, indigenous, you know, uh, Paris, you know, I was his. PhD uh, dissertation uh, head. Uh, And uh, uh, he's got a uh, project there, you know, within the community in Phoenix, you know, and uh, uh, it has green in it because he wants to see a green future for uh, Phoenix and other uh, societies and other maybe larger. Uh, help the United States so that uh, indigenous knowledge can be uh, useful and helpful, especially because of the uh, uh, close—they uh, are neighbors with the uh, present uh, Salt River and Healy River uh, peoples, you know. Mm. And right now, the there are—you uh, know—not only neighbors but they are uh, also uh, utilizing the economic system jointly, although uh, the tribal communities are used, you know, of course, uh, in their casino casino money and the casino taxes and casino profits. Um, they're still, they are gaining, gaining benefits, the tribes are from casino profits, but Not as much if there was some kind of joint development taking place, you know, whether it was in uh, learning about each other's ways of uh, back when, uh, 100, 200, 300 years ago, the way it was before Phoenix began to sheerly depend upon the uh, capitalistic uh, corporate uh, progress that uh, is so. I think uh, effectively devastating in some in some ways. I would say
0: mm, an absolutely fair critique. Yes, it's great you mentioned mm. the salt singers and. The um, I've also worked with, well, the bird singers and the salt singers of that oh, arid really? landscape. And, you know, that boundary, even though it is a very strong natural boundary, the Colorado River, yeah. um, you know, the tribes were always trading and moving across that artificial political boundary between California and Arizona there at the river. And many, many traditions of songs and stories and seeds were traded from the Mojave Desert to the Sonoran Desert, and, and still are in many ways. And so I look forward to, you know, learning more about that and and participating in that cultural exchange that happens um, as we revive these old trade routes um, mm-hmm. of stories and seeds and salt um, across these larger areas.
1: Well, you know, the uh, water is uh, essential to the desert, you know. And, of course... Uh, Colorado River is a major, major source. You know, the Colorado River is the Grand Canyon. And Colorado River goes up into the Rockies, you know, and, you know, probably has connections, you know, to uh, even beyond that, you know, the uh, uh, Great Lakes. And, uh, uh, you know, in Canada. And, uh, and, and the growth of Phoenix, you know, actually has to do with uh, uh, the the Colorado River as a major Colorado River project, you know, the CAP, you know, uh, which is really a huge irrigation system. And its source is water from... that originates in indigenous lands and indigenous uh, uh, regions, you know, that... uh, has never been uh, really looked at to benefit all the people you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the people of course indigenous people are a minority in the Phoenix region, you know just as they are in Tucson or Casa Grande, which are the main kind of the economic uh, uh, fulcrums uh, uh, pivotal uh, places you know in Arizona. And Arizona is really a a a place to look towards, you know, uh, in the development of the western part of the U.S. You know, and this is where I think that the indigenous people can really be a uh, major, major moving, moving uh, uh, dynamic. Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, as Greg Cajete says, it's the. The time—it's the rise of the indigenous mind. We're seeing this transformation in consciousness, and you know, probably people are being forced into it a little bit because of climate change, water scarcity, food insecurity, um, this massive explosion of human population, and lack of resources, and increase in poverty. Um, and people are seeing kind of, hopefully some are seeing the end of this Western capitalistic technological system that has caused so many problems. Of course, there's, unfortunately, the people in power still see the the benefit of it, because they're the 1% who are benefiting, but I think on, there's a mass movement, a grassroots movement of people waking up to this yeah. indigenous worldview. What do, what do you think of that, Simon, given your seeing the changes you know you've been part of it a mover and shaker and leader in these changes going back to the 60s and um, you know being here in the Bay Area in the 70s and really seeing the change in the collective consciousness um, of America
1: well I think that uh, when standing Rock uh, became a uh, matter uh, that uh, was uh, national and international and it's still actually act- activating because there's uh, leaders and uh, you know, people who are impacted and influence you know who are in Europe currently, you know, just speaking about the water uh, need to uh, uh, take greater care of our water water resources. I mean the water resources that we need. Uh, everybody needs, you know, and. Uh, uh, and certainly, there is uh, adequate science uh, now, you know, to uh, you, you know use uh, you know to gain to gain water and uh, you know from from the oceans and to make the, uh, so the make it so that we, as a human society and the human population, the human community, are able to work with other elements of the earth, the way it works, the way that the uh, Earth regenerates and uh, uh, reforms itself so that uh, instead of uh, being threatened by uh, climate change, you know, that we are a uh, Positive uh, element in that uh, in in that change, you know, as human societies and the communities, and uh, um, uh, helpful to how the Earth moves and how the North Pole and the uh, sea currents and uh, you know the environment uh, works. I mean, not just the Earth, but intergalactically, you know. And how uh, I think that uh, knowledge that uh, how the knowledge that was um, spoken up by the grand grandfathers and the way 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 back, you know, is still helpful, to, you know, to what the kind of uh, responsibilities and what kind of actions that we are to take. Uh, now and and that a need to have
0: wonderful well simon I, I thank you so much for your your teachings and your wisdom and um i could talk to you all day but i want to be mindful of your time and i would be remiss not to ask you a, a last uh, question about you know the the poetry of food and the poetry of the land that you've shared so generously with us and I have your book here, Woven in Stone, and you've written a couple of food poems. Um, I'm sure you've written many, many, but I was rereading the one about venison um, meat and also about uh, making chili, uh-huh. um, how to make chili. It's like a recipe poem. I love it. And I'm wondering if um, you could share a, a, a poem with us. <coughs>
1: This poem is called a deer dinner. After a hunter uh, brings a deer home, and it's welcomed into the home, just like a relative would be brought brought home. You know? And the, there's even uh, a knock that the hunter makes. Kuwazi. Kaya, you know, hello we in there, and someone from the outside, I mean, inside would answer. Tawae They say, come in. Was sa naistia sa Our mother, our father, our sister, our brother is going to enter. And, uh, and she, he or she has come home, you know, welcome him. And then the inside, I mean the hunter will say, and then the inside will answer, <clears throat> say, yes, you know, uh, enter, let her or him enter. And so the deer is brought in. And she's laid out, or he's laid out, on the east side of the the wall that's facing the east. And there's a place that has been prepared with a blanket. And uh, it's uh, laid out there. And the deer is put on there. And then it's dressed, you know, in uh, uh, jewelry and uh, dressed with other uh, costumes, um, you know, wear. And it's welcomed. Mm. But this deer is about a week Mm. later. Deer dinner is Mm. a week later.
0: What a beautiful tradition.
1: After you have gotten a deer, a dinner is given for it. Kotrigoya comes to the dinner and she acts like a silly old gal. She teases with you like you're the hunter like you were her man making promises and then she takes the eyes out of the deer's head which is which is um, boiling in a big pot and then she blesses you with prayer for your virility and good luck and not to disappoint her promises. So the hunter, of course, is uh, very central to this uh, uh, blessing or to this feast and the welcoming, you know, not only of of arriving and coming and being dressed, but also the dinner. And then the kaguya is uh, from your father's clan. And uh, it could be his aunt or uh, uh, somebody who is related to him on his side of the clan system. And uh, then she takes the eyes, she doesn't eat them, although the expression is to eat, she eats the eyes. But she takes them out and uh, puts them in a handkerchief or something and then takes them and then she goes. To pray with them and lets them go to into the water course like arroyo or a water course, and then she puts them so that the water will take her home and return as rain and snow and so forth. Keep the nourishment of life going. Mm,
0: so so that's what. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Brings tears to my eyes, thank you.
1: You're welcome, you're (laughs) welcome. And thank you for listening.
0: Yes, a pleasure to sit with you, Simon, really. Uh, uh, Chi-miigwech,
1: chi-miigwech. Me too, I'm thankful.
0: Oh, that was such a great episode with Simon Ortiz. Thank you for that poetry and beauty of the canyons of the Southwest. And I want to acknowledge all the wonderful speakers from season two, from the Four Directions, sharing their incredible wisdom and knowledge of food sovereignty and traditional ecological knowledge and land and connection to the stars. And I want to take a moment to also acknowledge our wonderful podcast team of the Native Seed Pod. And that is our audio producer, our musician, sound engineer Colin Farish in the studio for making the magic with all the sounds. Thank you, Miigwetch Colin. And I want to acknowledge and thank all the wonderful musicians that Colin worked with, especially Eddie Madrill for his generosity of his beautiful voice and song and music as well as other great musicians and singers who shared their voices with us, and a wonderful podcast team at The Cultural Conservancy who helps with writing, photography, production, coordination, and that is Mateo Hinojosa and Teo Montoya and Sarah Moncada. What an extraordinary team uh, helping make this podcast season possible. And of course this wouldn't be possible without the funding of Tamil Pius hey Trust. Hey ya, hey ya so grateful for a TAM trust for investing in this podcast and really thank you the listeners we wouldn't be doing this without the listeners the beautiful relationship between speakers and voice and song and listening so let's uh look forward to our next season season three stay tuned it will be coming later this year and you can check for updates on the native seed pod website So thank you all and we will see you again very soon. Ninsa Miigwech.